Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live. Okay, actually, we're not recorded live. We're in like four different locations. It's brought together by this genius technological advancement. Jerry doesn't understand it, but we'll get him through it. Here he is, Jerry Springer, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. Yeah, people are just recovering from Tuesday night. Yeah, in fact, yeah. let me Tuesday orient night, yeah. our listeners. By the way, we have A. Partridge from Alabama coming on and uh, yes. singer-songwriter. He's wonderful. He was on our show another time, uh, a couple times actually, so you'll want to stick around for this. <clears throat> but we're recording this on Tuesday, November 15th. So, yes, we know last week, was the election but oh my god so what i mean it's, it's the, we're still reverberating here on the 15th we just yeah. learned uh some big things last night so this episode is dedicated to talking about the 2022 midterm election so let's turn to our political guru mr jerry springer and oh. uh Let's um, just start off. Make it easy, Jerry. What's your what was your take on yeah. the elections? Well, as your resident uh, guru, let me uh, say this: uh, some red wave. I mean, how did the pundits get it so wrong? How was history, that is, the tradition that a president's party gets slaughtered in his first term midterms? How was that universally predicted outcome turned on its head? How in the world did the Dems hold on to the Senate and hold the House to a virtual draw when in a normal year they were expected to lose some 30 seats? For the humiliated Republican Party and Fox News and right-wing radio, what went wrong? I mean, think about it. Here we have inflation and gas prices sky high, polls showing a majority of Americans believing our country is moving in the wrong direction. Biden's approval rating in the low to mid 40s. And yet exit polls tell us that these same citizens down on Biden, down on the economy, saying inflation and crime are the biggest issues. These same people went to the polls and voted Democrat. Why? How is this explained? Simple. It's one man. One man worthy of being recognized as the Democrats MVP. And that man, of course, is Donald J. Trump. Never has one person in our nation's history so single-handedly destroyed a major political party. Yeah, Nixon was also a criminal, but he wasn't trying to destroy America, our institutions, and democracy. Trump, of course, has been, and has been since he first came down the escalator in 2015. And so because of Trump, Republicans now begin the inevitable finger-pointing and undertake the postmortems of what was for them a disastrous campaign. For most Americans, though, this is a joyous result, that Trump is now toast, in the end being revealed as the one thing he feared most, being remembered in history as the poster child of a loser. The emperor has no clothes. The king is dead. But Democrats dare not celebrate too long. You see, democracy is never complete. The fight to protect it is permanent. And our 246-year experiment in self-government lasts only so long as we citizens are willing to defend it against those 
who in the quest for power seek to weaken it, weaken the institutions that slow down or block their path to unrestrained power. And let's not forget, we've heard this cry before. Trump is done. The Republicans will turn away from him now. This was the last straw. The Access Hollywood tapes, the Mueller investigation, obstruction of justice, Russian collusion, good people on both sides of a racist march in Charleston, two impeachments threatening Ukraine if it doesn't help in his reelection, the big lie, January 6th and the insurrection, the attempt to overthrow our government. Indeed, each one of these items would have sunk any other president. And yet, like Teflon, none of this stink sticks to him. So why will this time be different? The answer lies, I believe, in why Trump was able to hijack the party in the first place. No matter how outrageous he was, no matter what crimes he committed or norms of decency he trampled upon, Republican politicians and office holders stuck with him out of self-interest. Virtually all of them in private conversations thought he was at best a bozo, mentally unstable, uneducated, an embarrassment, an unrestrained egomaniacal narcissist, mean, incompetent, and at times evil, but otherwise a really nice guy. No, the point is they weren't with Trump because they liked or respected him. They stayed with him through all his scandals out of self-interest. Trump had enough of a loyal following among Republican voters that to defy him and draw his public wrath would threaten, if not destroy, their election or re-election chances. So keep quiet, mute your criticism, even at times humiliate yourself, a la Pence and Lindsey Graham, just to stay politically alive in Republican primaries and in Republican districts. That factor was paramount every time it appeared Trump had really gone too far. Self-interest trumped their feelings of Trump, so they hung with him. But this time, for the first time since Trump's rise, self-interest plays in the opposite direction. For Republican politicians, as we saw in last week's results, the Trump connection turned out to be poison. In the year that screamed red wave, the voters said, no, no more, we've had enough. And so for Republicans who are thinking about 2024 for whatever office, self-interest now requires them to create distance from Trump and his madness. That's what voters were saying in the swing states. But why did these independents suddenly abandon him? Why did young people come out in droves? Why did moderate Republicans who voted for the rest of the Republican ticket refuse to vote for candidates Trump supported, election deniers, supporters of the big lie? Yes, it was partly the Supreme Court, partly abortion, partly candidate quality, clearly the fear of Republican extremism and January 6th. But more than any one particular policy question, the overall issue as articulated by President Biden and the others, what got through to voters at a fundamental level was the realization that the election really was about saving democracy. It wasn't just a feel good 4th of July day speech. 
What Americans of all stripes really understand in the end is that what we are all ultimately protective of is liberty. Indeed, our history with all its struggles and blemishes has always ended up moving in the direction of more rights and more liberties, whether it's civil rights, women's rights, working people's rights, gay rights, voting rights, and what was quickly becoming clear, starting with the Supreme Court and abortion, women's rights over their own bodies, the liberty of a free election where all votes are counted and results respected, well, the Republican Party clearly was threatening these rights and actually taking some of them away. This wasn't just theoretical. This was the actual removal of rights that heretofore had been secured. This was a bridge too far. And so the end of Trump comes about not just because Republicans suddenly see what, that he's deranged. They always knew that. But this right-wing extremism that he unleashed messed with the one element of our national being we would not sacrifice, our democracy. America is, after all, about expanding rights, not eliminating them. Lincoln fought and won a civil war to make that point. A hundred years later, we marched in the streets of Selma and to the front of the bus in Montgomery to make that point. And now in the face of conventional wisdom, which said the economy and crime were the issues, President Joseph Biden warned us all. No, he said, this ele election is about that same point, saving democracy. It's about the very soul of America. Trust the American people to put that notion above partisanship. And God bless Joe Biden. The wisdom of the old man prevailed. He was right. Excellent, Jerry. Very nice, Jerry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank hey, Jerry, you. just to add some uh, metrics and lay them down uh, right next to your great points. And I'm going to call these uh, loser numbers, Donald Trump loser yep. numbers. Because when you stack up all these numbers, it's pretty stunning. Yeah. So they go like this. First election, he lost the popular vote by 3 million votes. Second election, he loses by 7 million votes and actually loses an electoral college landslide. Then he was impeached twice. Now, this is a stunning number. In the second impeachment, in the vote in the Senate with 100 members, he, he lost that vote by 57% to 43. That's a landslide in any yeah. election. Now, of yeah. course, he didn't get convicted because it's goofy way they've set the whole thing up is it takes two thirds vote, but he lost 57 to 43. He lost now the midterm elections it, it, compared to what traditionally, as yeah. you point out, you usually get <clears throat> the seats you, you usually win. It's a huge turnaround. It wasn't this time. He lost the Senate two times. Yeah, he lost the yeah. Senate this time, but he lost the Senate last time, last time because well. he lost Georgia. Look at the, he caused Georgia to have Democratic senators. Two he of them. he yeah. lost in Arizona last night. The governor was announced, and it's Hobbs, not Carrie Lake, one of his endorsees. Right. Yep. He created a Supreme Court 
so lopsided by goofing around Mitch McConnell helped him on this, <clears throat> that they now are ruling against the will of the people, which cost them greatly oh, yeah. the yeah. midterms. Yeah. And then it, it's so when you stack up, there's no way to look at Donald Trump politically. And you point out Republicans now are all catching up on this. Yeah. But here's the question. This is crazy. These numbers are indisputable. But he, if he announces tonight, again, we're recording this on November 15th, Tuesday night. The rumor is, because he put the rumor out at nine o'clock yeah. tonight, <laughs> yeah. he has a big announcement. So let's assume, and we're recording this at around 7.15 Eastern time right now, <clears throat> that he's going to announce the president. The problem is he will, in a crowded primarily, primary, easily win the nomination. I think. I, yeah, I mean, I still do think that because yeah, he's I got guess, this pocket yeah. of people that he says I could kill somebody in the middle of New York City and they're not going anywhere. Yeah, I, I kind of think I agree. I, if, if I were betting, I would agree with you in a crowded primary. What I don't yet know is how crowded that primary is going to be, because I think everything you said, these Republicans have to be thinking about that. And at some point, and we've been, you, you and I have been in campaigns, we know that at some point you sit down alone in the room and you got to face reality. Am I going to go through with this? You know, am I going to upend my whole life? spend all my money, et cetera, on a race I'm not going to ultimately win. So I think it is possible that there will be tremendous pressure within the Republican Party to keep the anti-Trump Republican candidate free. In other words, whether it's DeSantis or whoever they decide on, that they all get in room and say, look, if we're going to stop Trump, we can't be splitting up the vote so he gets the nomination. So maybe some of these guys and women will step aside. Some Republican pollsters are going to come to them all and say, look, and right now, DeSantis is killing him in Iowa and New Hampshire. Right. I think the first two primary states or caucus states or whatever, unless they change the order. But so I think it's possible. If it's crowded again, if you've got 16 people up there like last time, however many they had, yeah, you're absolutely right. Trump wins. The, the, there's no way he's elected president, but he would win the nomination. Uh, but I think this time, knowing that every Republican candidate for office in 2024 will have a difficult time of winning is Trump, if Trump is at the head of the ticket. And that has nothing to do with whether you agree with Trump, whether you like Trump, whether you loved him on Apprentice. The reality is America has rejected him in every single popular election, including 2016, by millions of votes. So it's not close. American people don't want him to be president. It's crazies do, but the vast majority of Americans don't. And I, I think that's... You know, for Democrats, it'd be great if he's the candidate. For yeah. the country, it'd be horrible. 
So I have a question. Gene had mentioned McConnell earlier when he was when you guys were talking, and I have read a couple of things on the internet. And I want to get your opinion on this. There was it was kind of a meme, but kind of real as I went through it. They said you can wake up tomorrow knowing um, that Mitch McConnell will never be majority leader again. Is that true? Uh, yeah, um, he's uh, yeah. There were, well, this is the one. Part I don't know for certain. Like, is that, I don't, what are the yeah pieces there well, that would make that? <laughs> well, I don't know when he's not going to run for re-election. What I'm not certain of right now, this second, without looking it up, I don't know if his term expires in 2024. Oh, okay. Okay, so at least till 2024, the Democrats hold the Senate. Right, right. And as long as the Democrats, yeah, he he won't be. Uh, Obviously, if the Republicans take over the Senate in 2024, all things are possible when you got it 50-50 or Mm -hmm. 51-49, that close. And also, it's a morbid thing to say, but, you know, a lot of senators are elderly. And, you know, somebody dies, there's suddenly a vacancy that could switch. That has happened before. Yeah. That... uh, Someone either resigns, quits, or something, and the party changes power in the middle of a term. I remember it was Trent Lott lost to who was the majority leader of the Senate about 15 years ago. He was majority leader, and somebody switched parties. I think a senator from Maine just decided to switch. He didn't like the Republicans, and all of a sudden, the senator from uh, South Dakota. Uh, Gene, you might remember his name, but anyway, I don't recall. Yeah, but, but Jerry uh, Scott. So it could it. change, but yeah. generally, no, he's not going to be majority leader. In fact, he's being challenged right now in the yeah. for for minority leader. So if they kick minority, him out, yeah. if Scott Senator Scott from Florida uh, succeeds in taking him down as minority leader, then he's pretty well history. So I don't know mm. that we'll have to see what happens, but I want to ask you another, and this is a hard question, Jerry, because uh, back in, was it 80 when Ted Kennedy challenged Jimmy Carter, right? Right. Yep. And then was it 81 or two that you ran for governor in the Democratic primary in Ohio? 82. All right. In both of those cases, Ted Kennedy was begged not to challenge Jimmy Carter. And now that I've got a lot of distance between now and then, I was a Kennedy delegate. You were a Kennedy delegate. There's Um, a picture hanging on your wall. I should turn (laughs) my camera around. Oh, if you could. Senator Ted Kennedy and I. Yeah, in a picture. And Uh Ted Kennedy looks startled. (laughs) (laughs) Because the background of that picture We were at a fundraiser. We were at a fundraiser (laughs) in Ohio. And Gene jumps, you know, he says, Jared, take a picture. And he jumps right (laughs) next to Kennedy. Kennedy goes, ah. Before he could get away from me. Yeah. And there's the picture of Gene and Ted Kennedy. I'm looking at it. Senator Kennedy's hands are up and his hair yeah. is actually up in he's the air. Ducking. He's, so he's ducking. He looks like this. To be fair, hair. though, most people have that reaction to Gene. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's yeah. natural. Oh, I, I didn't say he was out of line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, hey, Jerry, and then, and then uh, in 82, 
the Democratic Party in Ohio didn't want you to run against Dick Celeste in a primary to kind of bloody him up because he was the chosen one. Now, you're, right. so this is what I'm getting at. This is the question I'm going to ask. <clears throat> From what you know about politicians, aren't they sometimes, sadly, so ego driven? And so, sure, and, and this is why they're great. This is why they they get elected. They're so confident that their philosophy and their solutions, their persona is what the voters want, sometimes even need. And to get Haley to not run, to get DeSantis to not run, to get Congresswoman Green, I, I, well, she won't run. She wouldn't oppose uh, Trump. Yeah. DeSantis might, to get Pence, God, I saw his interview last night on. Yeah, he's, he, he's creating I, distance. <laughs> oh my God, true, but I I don't think I could get through. I think I fell asleep halfway through. He's so. Yeah. Oh my God, that man. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, but he, but his ego, Haley, Nikki Haley, Pence, DeSantis, just to name three quick ones, uh, I think are, are so. Well, there's nothing particular about them. I think politicians are kind of ego driven and yeah. I fear. Hey, look, actually, let me rephrase that. I don't fear it at all. I hope it's a crowded primary. And like what you just said, I hope Donald Trump is a nominee. Tell me a candidate that we have a better shot against than Donald Trump, not DeSantis. Well, that's true. The only reason you might have Oh, I agree. I think Trump's a slam dunk to run against him, uh, for a Democrat to run against him. Mm -hmm. uh, but if it's another candidate, uh, I, it would be, yeah, it would probably be more difficult. Except that the Trump, even though he would lose, he's got thirty percent, yeah, of the country that will live and die for him. Right. And if they stay home. Yeah. Because they'll be so upset with DeSantis, et cetera, or whoever the candidate is, that that also helps a Democrat okay. win. That's good. So I, I, I think the, the the Democrats may benefit by, but but the Democrats have an issue too. Yeah. Uh, because if if Biden doesn't run, which I I have no inside information, obviously, I think it's a 50-50 shot, and I think he really doesn't know. I think, you know, he probably thinks of what his health is going to be like four years from now. It's a reasonable discussion. He knows if he gets tired, how much he does and how much of a strain it is. So there, there are considerations. He may decide not to run. And then it's wide open in the Democratic yeah. Party. And then the Democrats will have an issue between the left and the so-called moderates. Yeah. And so, you know, we just don't know what's going to happen. I just know that America has decided on every time they've had an opportunity that Trump is a bridge too far. Yep. Every, yep. As you said, Gene, every time we've had a chance to vote on Trump, including 2016, the people have voted against Trump. They voted for Hillary Clinton, who was not a popular right. uh, candidate. Yeah. Nope. And they <laughs> voted for her by 3 million votes. I mean, that was a thumping he took. Yeah. And and take a look at Georgia uh, before we uh, bring uh, a partridge in and hear some music. We're looking forward to that. But uh, Georgia has a runoff and uh, Senator Warnock, an incumbent, 
<clears throat> on a short term. He got in two years ago to finish out a term. Now he's running for the full six-year term. Herschel Walker is his opponent. Uh, very, very flawed candidate, but a Trump-supported uh, candidate. And uh, Senator Warnock won, uh, but didn't hit 50%. So the rules in Georgia are that you then have this runoff. This happened the last time, too, Yeah, with yeah. Warnock being slightly ahead. Uh, how do you analyze the Georgia runoff with all the dynamics that we're talking about tonight? The Trump shadow, the failure of Republicans across the country to generate even a, a red trickle, much less a red tsunami. How do you how do you look at that race uh, a month from I, now? Yeah, I believe, you know, and obviously I could be wrong, but I believe a Warnock's going to win. Uh, and I also believe that his chances, which already were very good of winning uh, because of the obvious disparity in their competence between him and Walker. Uh, but I think his chances of winning were improved when uh, the Democrats won Nevada and therefore now have the Senate. Because all of a sudden, all the Republican big money givers who were holding their nose having to vote for Walker, I mean, they want the Republicans to win, they're gonna like their policies better, but no one with a straight face say, thinks that Walker is competent to be a US Senator, but you hold your nose and you vote for him if you think that'll give the Republicans the majority and keep the Democrats out. But now that's no longer an issue. So a Republican donor, it's suddenly going to think, why am I going to spend my millions of dollars on Walker when the Democrats are going to control the Senate anyway? So the motivation think, is gone. Yeah, I think the yeah. motivation is gone. And now the only thing which would attract Republicans to go all out for Walker is because you loved him. Or, you, you know, you, you like the way he ran through the line. Yeah. You know, he, he was a wonderful football player. But, you know, there are probably eight people in America that are less qualified to be a senator than him. <laughs> Hey, hey, Megan, uh, do you think... Yes. And three of them yeah. are in this room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, do you think uh, we, Not need, <laughs> we need to raise glasses even higher than we already have tonight for the youth turnout in this Holy cow, my God. It's a huge deal, yeah. isn't it? It's not yep. a small deal. It's a it's huge It's not deal. a small deal. And the more, you know, I've got a 17-year-old stepdaughter and we talk about all this stuff all the time. And what's exciting for me is like this next generation... This conversation is going to be so different when she starts to vote, when her oh, friends yeah. start to vote. These will be the conversations that we're having. So I think the candidacies and the parties really have to start looking at that, too, because the status quo of no offense, gentlemen, but the old white guys That's that right. are running everything. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> it's th That's just yeah. not going to be the way it is. Oh, so right. all of this, I can't wait for, you know, you guys know this stuff inside and out by the numbers. But I really think in the next, probably by the next election, I think you're just going to see a complete flip on how politics is even run. I mean, with the advent of everything that we have going on now, like it's it's just going to be so different and people's voices are heard a little bit better. And these kids are not going to put up with all this crap. Yeah. That's just all there is to it. <laughs> and you know what? Hey, Megan, if you look at the Georgia runoff, <clears throat> the... Uh, uh, and especially with Stacey Abrams and the work that she does down there, which is amazing. Oh, I love her. Yeah. The Republican 
machine does not have this big cadre of young voters because nope. young voters tend to be more liberal, more democratic. Now, you can have the debate of whether as they age and have families, do they go somewhere else, change philosophies? I sure as hell didn't. Jerry, you didn't. Nope. <clears throat> Megan, you haven't. So I'm not, I don't even know if I buy that premise, but I know that's touted a lot. But in Georgia, we can get more young people even then voted in, you know, a week ago. Now, for yeah. example, <clears throat> I live in Kentucky and I, at some point, and my wife did too, uh, connected up with the Kentucky Democratic Party. And so we're, we get texts constantly and I never oh shut gosh. them down. All day long. I get All day text. long. I never <laughs> shut them down. So here's what's going on with Georgia. This Kentucky machine, Kentucky, for God's sake, it's a red state, although we do have a great blue governor, uh, Governor Bashir. So that's, Love him. You know, that's a little off. But uh, the they're contacting me 10 times a day and my wife as well to go organize in Georgia. Yep. And it's so easily done. It's done with a cell phone. You sit yep. in Kentucky or Iowa or anywhere and you just crank calls into Georgia. And I think that youth pool of votes in Georgia is another big weapon that we have that Republicans can't replicate because they don't have enthusiasm from their young voters. They just don't. Because they don't have the young voters. No, <laughs> it's not their ideals. The they No, the issues that, that they are fighting for this, the next generation, that is so off their radar. And they it, it, it's Oh, it's exactly just right. they're going to have to that party is going to have to so drastically change to stay relevant. Um, I don't I don't know where they're going to begin. Why to be would honest. they vote? Yeah, you're right. Why would they vote for a party that's anti-woman, anti-environment, uh, anti-LGBT, uh, every, yeah. anti-everything yeah. that these kids have been yeah. raised with in love and they're passionate. They are plus, passionate about what they believe in. Plus, young people have been to school. Yeah. <laughs> So they yeah, know right. how to read it. So, <laughs> oh my God, they, they can now, spell. That was Jerry that said that. that that's just Gene Galvin. This is my. Let voice. me let me say one more thing while we're celebrating what is not exciting and not anything to be proud of. Is that looking at the numbers? Yeah, it is still a sad state of where our country is. That. 65%, but maybe 70, of white men voted Republican. Yep. Voted for a generally white supremacist kind of a, yeah. a, 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 of a government that, you know, is okay if we try to suppress black voting. It's okay if we try and uh, suppress minority voting and stuff like that. Um, why, when the rest of the country is voting one way and white men won't be budged? Interesting. And, yeah, it's and, their base. It's the, it is the Republican base. That's it. Yeah. That's the so Republican base. What are we signing up for? Do we really mm -hmm. believe that platform, if they have a platform, is the right way to go? What? It's crazy. Know, I, I, it's I really a, it's crazy. See, yeah. I mean, the only reason Democrats win it's because, thankfully, there's some people that still remember what, you know, the whole idea America is about, that we're a multicultural society and we care about each other. 
you know, the best thing about this country is its diversity and, and yeah. the ability to bring different voices to the table. It's, it's, it can't be ethnocentric. It has to be. Except for majority of white men. Now that yeah. sounds extreme what I'm saying, but that is the true statistic yes, every it's, year. It's, yeah. All yep. right. I want to hear some good music. You I know. know and anybody? Cherry, I am so glad you asked that because I actually do know somebody. His name is Abe. And actually, you do too. He's been on the show before. So we want to welcome back he Abe pa Partridge. Hey, Abe, how are you? Hey. Hey. Woo. Hey. Hey. All right. So Abe is coming to us tonight from Mobile, Alabama. Is that correct, sir? Yes, ma'am. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And for those of you listening who are sports fans, Abe declared before we went on air, he is not a tie, big roll tide guy. So he's an Auburn fan. So that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's probably yeah. at least 40% of the state. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So um, last time you were with us, I don't think I spoke with you. I believe it was Maria Corelli that spoke with you last time. So tell me, just to fill me in and maybe our listeners that haven't didn't get to hear the last time, tell us a little bit about your background and, and uh, where you're coming from. Uh, well, I'm, a, uh, I'm an artist and a songwriter down here in Mobile, Alabama. I travel around and sing my songs to people and uh, <laughs> so, so cool. so, sell my art and... Uh, so you're a visual artist as well? Yeah. Uh, yes, oh, that's cool. That's very cool. So do you have a day job or are you living an artist's life? I do not have a day job. This is what I do for my sustenance. God Wonderful. love you, sir. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. very, very cool. I'm very fortunate. Yeah. Only people watching Facebook now can see you, but I'm looking at you and behind you, there is a painting. Is that your work? Oh no, that was uh the, I I uh I sell my works, I collect other people's works. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I want to be your financial advisor. Yeah. <laughs> so um we have an interesting song title that you are gonna share with us this evening, Abe's 403rd freak out. Yes. So story please <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so uh and why do you keep count <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah I, I happened uh so so i am in it well i you know I, I maybe i told a bit of a fib not a huge one but i'm a i'm i'm a reservist in the uh air force and so thank you thank you thank you and I and I happen to be assigned to the 403rd maintenance group. Oh, oh, nice. Okay. Nice. Nice. So, uh, the 403rd freak out is a reference. Uh, Excellent. Oh, well, good answer. And so, yeah. tell us your sound. Uh, how would you classify your sound? Oh, I you know this particular song is kind of wild, uh, but. Uh, you know, when I play live, I mostly get called folk or Americana. Okay. And, All right. Well, I think David has the song ready for us. We've got um, Abe Partridge with Abe's 403rd Breakout. Let's take a listen. <laughs> Sometimes I think we're already dead Or this trap that I call time 
It's just some inception-like dream state I'm in As I lay dying And I think maybe we never existed at all Or just some five-sensed hallucination Or just the mirror image of a higher reality Beyond our comprehension And I lie awake at night And can't keep my mind from wondering About what it all means That I have the ability to wonder what it all means And you know that nobody in this whole wide world Can give you the definition of consciousness That doesn't venture off into religion Or some kind of absurdist pseudoscience And since I started listening to both sides Without caring on to which side I fell Well I found out that there were more than two sides If you really want to know a subject well Which only led me to more hard break as I thought about all the fights that have been started by two sides and neither one of them were truly wrong or right and then I considered the brutality that I witness every day and how numb to the sight of human suffering I'd become in my middle age cause all the fascists and the commies are spewing out their dogmas and taking over the conversation and any voice that's devoid of an agenda has been removed from consideration and I thought about the weapons of mass destruction biological and chemical and nukes and that we could have them all fired from the push of a button of an orange presidential buffoon <laughs> so I started reading up on how to survive a nuclear apocalypse And after my research I concluded I didn't even want to survive to live in a world like that So even if I try to be positive and convince myself that someday we might actually have peace Well it's then that I realize I'm like a billion years or so this planet's gonna cease to be Cause the sun has gravity too, you know And we're being pulled in as we orbit If we don't find a way to destroy this earth, then the sun's gonna do it for us. And so, la 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 la, la 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 la, turn off your mind. Oh la 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 la, la 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 la, turn off your mind. Oh la 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 la, la 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 la, turn off your mind. Because an active mind is the devil's playground. Playground. Then my mind turned to the scientist explorers and the greatest amongst us all Who gave their lives to learning and research and made great discoveries about the world And then it occurred to me that all truth exists long before some learned man makes it known I mean if you think about it, E don't equal MC squared just cause Einstein said it was so And now considering this, science kind of seems like a waste. I'll just devote myself to art. At least an artist creates something of value, a unique representation of his heart. And then I looked around at this plastic world and their frowning faces and their disdain for beauty and all the poor starving artists dwelling at the fringes of a cold society. But you know that we would not have fur Elise if it were not for this guy named Beethoven. And we would certainly not have the White Album if Paul McCartney never met John Lennon. And I said, well, maybe that's my problem. I miss my Lennon. Somehow that chance done passed me by. And that's the reason I'm standing here singing this stupid song and losing my freaking mind. And then even this stranger thought my tortured mind began to ponder. Lord, I wonder if Einstein had met McCartney. 
McCartney first while John Lennon studied the great wonders. I mean, I ain't saying it would have been the Beatles, man, but it'd been interesting to see what they put out. Because I know that Einstein had some pretty cool hair, but I wonder if he could twist and shout. And maybe if Einstein had been saying, you know, blah, D, oh, blah, die. Instead of drafting the letter to Roosevelt that paved the way for a nuclear bomb, then a little boy from Nagasaki could have married a pretty young girl from Hiroshima, and they could have sang Oh, Blah, Dee, Blah, Die together and taught their children songs by the Beatles. And I can't imagine that the guy that wrote Imagine would have been any use in a science lab unless that lab had the sole purpose of giving world peace a chance. So we gotta give Lennon to science and Einstein and McCartney. We gotta find a way to get back in time. But then I realized if we ever build a time machine, it'll be based on the scientific work of Albert Einstein. So la 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 la, la 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 la, turn off your mind. Oh la 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 la, la 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 la, turn off your mind. Oh la 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 la, la 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 la, turn off your mind. Because I'm active mind. Devil's playground. Yes, it's the devil's playground. It's the devil's playground. sir <laughs> <laughs> that was unbelievable so first I mean, of all for our listeners if you do, yeah. if you don't if you're not with us this evening watching please 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 go check out the video we were able to just see the oh. video that goes with this song yeah. cool as can be so definitely go to youtube and check that out so first of all that was so freaking cool <laughs> <laughs> thank you um, thank you I so much anybody cool. go ahead jerry Oh, no, I, I, I didn't mean it. I, okay, I was just saying, uh, when you first started singing, and I said the closest thing in Gene and my generation, uh, when we were in our 20s or whatever, was the eve of destruction. Yeah. But yours takes it to another level, because yep. there's such intellect in yours, there's such, and put together with the, with the art, with the, with the drawings, with the the military just, drums and just, all oh, of it. Yeah, that was like one tin soldier. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, yeah. The drum, yeah, or um, Snoopy, uh, the Red Baron. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. With, the, with, the, with, the, with the drums. But no, it had, everyone's got to see that. Yeah, everyone's got to see it. And it's just, it was, I don't know, I don't know if you could call it stream of consciousness, but the wormholes that you go down into it, I think anybody who has any inkling of art and beauty in the world has felt that despair and the why are we doing this and who the hell cares and man did you articulate that really well <laughs> i <laughs> loved you. it well, how so what where did that what started it how did how do you start to write something like that well i was under a lot of stress <laughs> and uh and i decided i wanted to try to write something without filtering it you know and so I just wrote a whole 
maybe a couple of pages of, of th thoughts as they came. And as they came. And, and then I went back and made it all rhyme. <laughs> so it's sort of like okay. a Dylan's hard rain's going to fall. And, 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 <laughs> yeah. I yeah, made Dylan. a note here, Abe, you know, it's like a, it's a new uh, genre, folk rap. Yeah, <laughs> okay, that's a good um, point. Yeah, I uh, I don't normally do that kind of thing, but uh, that that song is 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 being released on Friday, oh. and so when they asked me to play something, I was like, well, what that would be the perfect thing. To and play. it and it worked so well specifically tonight for what we happen to be talking about. There are yeah. two sides, and they're kind of right and they're kind of wrong. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Absolutely loved yeah. it. So where can we find more of your music? Um, tell us where we should go to check you out, sir. Uh, everything can be found at abepartridge.com. And spell your last name just so our listeners. So um, yes, uh, Abe is A-B-E and Partridge is P-A-R-T-R-I-D-G-E. -P All right. Have Make you sure. ever, go ahead, have you, ever, have you ever been in a pear tree? Oh, uh, I, I don't, I don't know that I have, but uh, uh, I. I use Are you that. impressed? Are you impressed with my humor? <laughs> yeah, I, I use that joke myself sometimes. Whenever people, you must ask have me, heard it a thousand times. <laughs> yeah, whenever people ask me what my name is, I say partridge like a pear tree, and that, and they immediately yeah. get it. Well, sure. Oh my God, yeah. Jerry! Yeah, I'm so slow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was doing granddad jokes. Yeah, yeah. granddad. So I'm, I'm, it's, I'm not it's a very, very quick jump. All yeah. right. Well, Abe, thank you so, so much for being with us. That was an absolute pleasure. Loved, loved, loved that song. Listeners, Thanks. go check him out. Give him some love on social media. Check him out on Spotify, anywhere you get your music, anywhere you get your podcasts. While you're doing that, make sure you swing by ours as well. Uh, send Gene and uh, Jerry or myself feedback. Let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Give us five stars either way. We don't care. Um, but make sure you come back next week and listen as well. Thank you so much, Abe. It was been a pleasure. And uh, it was great. Yeah. All right. Hey, and thank y'all so much for having me. I really thank appreciate you. It. Absolutely. All right. And we're going to go ahead and close out this evening with Jerry Springer taking us out. Well, I'm going to lay down my heavy load. Tom Fullery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. I'm gonna lay down my sword and shield down by the riverside. sword and shield